The same, the way that we go back and forth saying I'm Q and I'm Jewish Dave and this is Bird Road and this is Bird Road, should we each do one? No, no, that's so, that's really choppy. No, okay. I think we can start right now. How about that? Uh, this is Q and I'm Jewish Wait. Dave. Yeah, you fucked it up already. I'm Q <laughs> and I'm Jewish Dave and we are Bird. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm just kidding. This is Bird Road. This is Bird Road. Take a stab at it. The only socialist podcast. Well, it's not the only socialist podcast. It's the only socialist podcast from Miami, from Las Miami, Vegas. From Miami, Las Vegas, and everywhere, everywhere in between. between. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, you did it. All right. That's our yeah. new startup. I see how this works. So will I do that normally? Or yeah, will you do it'll that just normally? always be you, I think. We need to okay. find more ways to make you be... Um, not such a silent partner, Dave. Yeah. All exactly. I'm getting all day, every day in my personal life, and I'm tired of fielding these um, complaints, is just just gripes about where's Jewish Dave? Why can't we hear more of Jewish Dave? Why I've never listened Dave? to Bird Road in my life, but I want to know where's Jewish Dave. I want to know where Jewish Dave is. <laughs> I've never listened to this show. I only tell you that I do. If, if I'm a good friend of yours, I download it and and pretend to have listened to it or I gotta listen tell to you, the first I gotta 5 tell minutes you, of it. I am kind of on edge right now cuz I don't know if we're having a conversation or if we're making a podcast right now. What? Like I, I don't know what's happening. <laughs> Is this actually the show? Are we rolling? Cut to like Is this thing on. Cut to like 15 years later like on VH1 <laughs> and it's like we didn't even know if we were having a conversation or or doing the podcast. It was crazy. It was crazy. It's fucking crazy, man. And by then, I've grown my hair out. And, <laughs> and by then, finally, frosted frosted tips are back in style. Thank God. And I, <laughs> oh, I like I like this future. I think it's going to be pretty great. So, everybody, want to remind you to subscribe, rate, and review. Um, yeah, not just you, by the way, because if you have if you're listening to this, presumably you've subscribed, rated, and reviewed. Um, everybody, you know, around you, we need to make a push. We need you to take their phones when they're not looking. And uh, subscribe, rate, and review us from other people's phones. So any anybody who, your mom, your dad, everybody has an iPhone. Everybody has Apple, um, iTunes, I don't know. They've changed the branding on that shit so much now it's become meaningless. Yeah, and iTunes is dead. iTunes is, is like supposedly dead. No, unless you literally open it up and it's right fucking there on your computer. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, whatever. Just use any means necessary to um, subscribe us to other people. If you're in the type of communities where we would, um, you know, where our messaging would hit home, where our shit would resonate, then uh, yeah. What kind of community is that exactly? Planned communities. Okay. Master planned communities. (laughs) Gated communities. Uh, poly nice. communities, like communities with poly people. Most people don't like know you. It. You're poly, and I think you should talk about that more. Mm-hmm. Well, we'll see. We'll, we'll fit it into one of these episodes. I want you I'm to talk sure. about it more. Yeah. Okay. We'll fit it in when we when we get to it. So yeah, you can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Yes. Don't follow us on Facebook. It's pointless to do it. We hate Facebook. At, at Bird Road Podcast. Is that correct? 
at Bird Road Podcast. Is that correct? Yeah, good. Two years. <laughs> two years in, you know, sort of with like a 50% certainty, you know, the handles of the, the show that you're on. I, I, I thought I was probably on the right track. You know, it, it, it would make sense. Let's put it that way. You can also email us. I know we've told you to email us at like other email addresses. Don't don't worry about those. Um, birdroad at allpointswest.net. We're going to be checking that shit. Look at that. You see that? Boom. That's our number now. Oh, shit. And it's a 305 number. And it's you a must 305 be so until happy. I motherfucking die. Big news also uh, for everybody out there. You can call and leave us voicemail now. Area code 305. 7928971. I know it's not toll free, but who's actually paying toll anymore? Is that I mean, there's no way that anybody's I haven't charged. heard the phrase toll free in a long, long, long time. I don't yeah, know what machinery nobody's paying for their calls. I don't know what machinery or industry was behind the one eight hundred or the toll free industry, but like that has to be dying, right? There's no reason for it. Yeah, I can't even imagine needing that. That seems be, like something Rich Rosen would need. It used to be so sought after, too, because it was like they cut through all the 800 numbers. I think by, like, 1979, they were done with 800 numbers. It, like, they you, they were all spoken for. And then they went to 888 and then 866. And then you really know that you were, like, one of the stragglers if you have an 855. 855 is crazy. Like, your business probably doesn't even have a, a, a business license <laughs> if you're an 855 number. Don't do business on an 855 number. Name one reputable business that's that has an eight five five number. It's all I, scammers. I can't name a business's number, so I wouldn't be able to do that. Eight hundred five eight eight two three hundred Empire. I know that one. You don't what remember that? that? Empire no. Empire mattresses. That was that was no. a big one when we were growing up. Interesting. Eight hundred five eight eight two three hundred Empire. What about you? Got to know some of the shitty lawyers, right? Oh, yeah, I know the locals. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, but they're 702. Let they're not 800 numbers. Go. Yeah, exactly. None of them are 800, so. There's an es- there's a place called Esserman Toyota here in um, in in Miami, and they call, they have a, like, this sort of aging Latin pop star whose name I can't remember right now, and she sings a song, Esserman Internacional Se Pegadito Internacional Mall, which is Spanish for Esserman International right next to International Mall. <laughs> and everybody that's ca- that's knows catchy. the fucking song. <laughs> do you, th- you think when people talk about musicians selling out, they're talking about uh, that? Or do you think that's like... I don't begrudge them. That's the Black Keys move. That's the Black Keys to an order of power so much smaller than the Black Keys, where instead of, like, you know... The New York, it's, instead of the NBA Finals, it's, you know, instead of their song, you, like, you know what's funny is I constantly laugh at the music that marketing people think that should be playing on NBA Finals and Super Bowls. Like the theme music that they pick, there was a, yeah. a, a period where it felt like four years in a row they pitched, they picked Matchbox 20 to be the NBA Finals song. And so it would be like LeBron James dunking over... Uh, you know, somebody. Well, this is what a heart breaks. Yeah, well, this is how a heart breaks, and it's just like what? <laughs> um, yeah. So email us at birdroad at allpointswest.net. You can send us voicemail. I'm not going to answer this call. It that's not going to happen. But what you can do 
is call us at area code 305-792-8971. Maybe we'll play your shit on the next episode because we're shameless whores looking for easy content. <laughs> What's going on over on PC Get Together, Dave? Well, we just posted a full episode on Rocket Man that followed up that special mini that I did with my parents. And we're about to do an episode on Godzilla, which uh, was pretty awful, but um, it'll be a fun episode, I'm sure. You didn't like Godzilla? No, not not very much. It was it was all right. It's actually gonna be one of our uh, uh, two co-host episodes uh, where I've got both Chad Clinton Freeman and Ryan Darty on the show, and uh, Ryan loved it. Chad hated it, and I fall somewhere in the middle. So I think that uh, that's gonna make for you know a pretty fun conversation. Yeah, you're annoyingly falling in the middle on a lot of these movies lately. It seems like you're just like. I like it. It is what it is. You know, it's good for the kind of movie it is. Is like your universal take that you have for every but movie. But I'm not always that way. And it should be stated that I am not always that way. But it has been happening a lot lately. And I think that speaks to the year we've been having, I guess. It just really hasn't been as good of a year um, as the last couple of years. Because the last couple of years, I I was going crazy for a lot of movies. This year, I'm a little more tempered. I don't know. You see on HBO they have um would you recommend that I watch A Star is Born? I still haven't seen it. It just came out on HBO last night. Hell yeah. Okay. Thinking, Star is Born is a speaking of, great movie. of movies that you were high on last year. Oh yeah. It's a really good movie. Um so yeah, the other thing that we have going on is June nineteenth, Wednesday, June nineteenth, a live show in Miami, Little Havana at Lifehouse. Check us out check out the Facebook uh the Facebook invite you can get you can see it again on birdroadpodcast.com uh, we have a link to the to the Facebook invite hope to see y'all there uh we're going to have myself not Jewish Dave instead it's going to be unfortunately you know, the Miami New Times Jerry Ianelli is going to be co-hosting with me and talking about how Miami's probably going to probably going to be done pretty soon um <laughs> on, a, on a on a global scale so be there Dave, what kind of shit do you want to talk about today? What is the, what is what is going on in the world? I'm about to open up Twitter to try to like find some cool things to talk about. Well, you know, it is actually uh, E3 week this week, so. Are you um, going to get the new console when it comes out? The what? Somebody just announced the new console. Which one of them? Yeah, my, Microsoft. Xbox. But yeah, they haven't actually announced like what it is. They just announced all like the details of what it's going to be like. I honestly, it, it's going to take a lot for Microsoft to get me excited about a video game system again. Um, I, I've gotten pretty hardcore Nintendo all the way at this point. I don't play any of my other systems, but I will be, uh, glued to my phone watching all of the news, uh, things that come out of E3 because I'm a fucking nerd and I always do every year. Um, but yeah, there's a video game related story that, uh, we're going to talk about, uh, about electronic arts, uh, with their popular multiplayer war game, battlefield five. Uh, they are changing the name of a Nazi in it because the, the name belonged to a real life resistance fighter. Yeah. And uh, a real Antifa guy, like not Antifa, (laughs) not like vegan Antifa in Portland, you know, standing in front of buses and getting beat up by Proud Boys Antifa. Yeah. But like a yeah. real legit Antifa <laughs> fighter. Yeah. And they're, they're, I love that they're claiming he's just German. 
He's not a Nazi. He's, not a Nazi. He's, just, he's just, just a German. very domineering German person dressed <laughs> exactly like Nazis dressed. <laughs> who's like yeah, dude, who's like perpetrating mass extinctions and things like that. I, I love that uh, that this is this is what games are now. Um, I, I was just I mean, this doesn't have to do with Battlefield Five specifically, but I was just playing. Um, oh, it's Mortal Kombat, the Mortal Kombat Eleven, which is freaking great, and the story mode. And one of the characters says "fuck," and I'm like, "Why? Like, what, so, <laughs> why do the characters need this?" And and now we have like hardcore Nazi real life Nazis in games. That's how you know like, that they're cool when they curse. Yeah. Using yeah. curse words is, is... What the fuck, man? Who like, says that? Does Ken say that? I feel like Guile jo- would say jo- that. Johnny Cage, you're close enough. Oh, Basically Cage. the same character. Whoa, with Mortal, Mortal Kombat, Kombat, sorry. Version. Damn, yeah. what, a, what, a, what a cardinal sin I just made yeah, to I your know. people, yeah. gamers. Yeah, that was ridiculous. I that was just, totally ridiculous. I might have to cut that part out. Um, I, I, love the, I love this name, though. Wilhelm, Wilhelm Frank. Franca. Uh, Franca. <laughs> reminds me Wilhelm of a... Wilhelm uh, Franca. Franca. You know what? <laughs> you can be forgiven for assuming that a guy who lived in the 30s in Germany named Wilhelm Franke was a Nazi. Like, do we have time in our days to just sit around Googling everything and reading every Wikipedia page? <laughs> Come on. You tell me I'm going to create a video game character based off of a 1930s person. Don't qualify it at all. Just say person. Who lived in Germany in the 30s and 40s? Yeah, I'm not gonna. You know, I'm not gonna doubt it when you make him a Nazi. Like, come on. You, you know what I would love to do is go back in a time machine and try to explain and to Wilhelm Franke that no, and, and try to explain to this guy that you can buy his likeness in a video game for ten dollars worth of virtual money. That was my idea for the skit. <laughs> that was the skit that I wanted to do at the top of really? this. Really? Yeah, it was gonna be. This is. I can't believe you said that because I I didn't write it down anywhere. And I didn't bother to actually write the skit, but the skit that I wanted to do, and one day we will get back to doing skits, I promise. But the skit I wanted to do was, you are the time traveler. I can't believe you just said that. That's insane. (laughs) You're the time traveler, and you come back, and I'm Wilhelm Frank, and you're just like, it just goes down a rabbit hole of you trying to explain things to me. And there's just there's no point of reference for somebody from the 1930s <laughs> to grab onto, and I'm just like, what is this? And you're like, no, a video game. It's like you put it on a television and you watch it on television. The what is this? Television. It's like it beams it moving images into your home, and uh, you pay a subscription rate to a cable company for what is this? And I just like keep going. <laughs> And uh, I, I was having some trouble with the ending, but I was going to be like, basically, I was going to make it where it's like, you know, you're explaining the concept of like modern day Antifa and like uh-huh. Proud Boys and, um, you know, where where the, the, the neo where the where the Nazi movement has turned into the neo-Nazi movement in the United States. And he was just going to be like, please just leave me here to die. <laughs> I do not want to see this. I do not want to see any of this. I would prefer to die. No, I don't think you understand because of the language barrier. No, I understand perfectly. Please do allow me to die. That he turned Russian there towards the end. I always do that with my Germans. I make them a little Russian after after a little while. But 
Yeah, that was a skit, uh, guys. So enjoy would've, that. Would have been good. Would have been, been good. good. <laughs> I had like so many jokes that were in my mind that I didn't actually write. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah. What else is going on? Oh man, what else is going on? Uh, well, there's this uh, one story. Just find a thing. <laughs> <laughs> there was this one story uh about uh jay inslee oh yeah um, i wanted to talk about this yeah 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 he, he is uh he's uh, president, presidential hopeful and the more um, tenuous a grasp you have on a story the more <laughs> your voice sounds like it's in a hurricane like it's trying to cut through like you're like a mouse trying to cut through a tornado strength wind <laughs> Jansley is a man. Actually, taking refuge. No, there's a climate. As I scrolled down this article, I actually scrolled back up while I was introducing it to make sure I was still reading the same article. So there's this dude. <laughs> I don't know. I, did I think it had reloaded into a different page? Yeah, you thought it had what that, um, what do you call that, continuous scroll, where it just goes yeah. to the next article, like Newsweek or whatever? Yeah. Like, you get to the part where it's just like, uh, the new plan mentions national security. Am I still talking about this shit? What the fuck? I thought this was about <laughs> refugees or some shit. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> so a little bit from the article that we wanted to talk about. Inslee, uh, you know, and we, we mentioned this because Jay Inslee, of course, is um, from Washington State. He's the governor and one of the, like, 30 different guys who's 30 different generic white politician guys who's polling in between 0 and 1% for, uh-huh. um, you know, the White House, for, for presidential Democratic primary. And, I mean, I do appreciate a lot of Jay Inslee's policies and a lot of the direction that he wants to go in and, and he takes a big approach like not unlike um you know a lot of the criticism that people like like Bernie and AOC get is that the ideas are so big and they're asking a lot like they're saying you know they're making they're making a a, a whole smorgasbord of enormous changes that need to be not just not just done but like initially considered which is why they get shit because it's like oh well where's the details in this policy in the green new deal where it's like well we're not really there yet we need to start agreeing on things first and then figuring out how we'll actually attain them and right getting things started getting the conversation going right let's all just agree and get on the same page that solar is good right and then when we're all there and we've set up the circumstances by which solar can thrive taking down a lot of the artificial ah taking down a lot of the artificial competitive barriers that it has against the fossil fossil fuel industry, um, th- then like, yeah, okay, then we'll get into the specifics of the policy. But the Green New Deal is a slate of a lot of different things. And um, to his credit, Jay Inslee has demonstrated that kind of thinking. So, I mean, yeah, he's not going to be the president or anything like that, but um, he definitely, his mind is in the right place. The reason I bring up this article is, let me read a little bit from it. In a future where storms are more powerful and entire, this is from Earther on Gizmodo, 
which is their, you know, climate and environmental vertical uh, on gizmodo.com. In a future where storms are more powerful and entire communities are destroyed, people are going to need somewhere to go. They're going to need new homes and a leader willing to let them in. Washington State Governor and White House hopeful Jay Inslee might be that leader. This week, Inslee became the first U.S. presidential candidate to include immigration policy in a formal climate plan. Released Wednesday, the Global Climate Mobilization Plan details his international policy approach, uh, his international policy approach to climate change, including how climate change is exacerbating the world's refugee crisis and will continue to, to do so. And yeah, they're right because like, I think about nine years ago, this started in places like Vanuatu, like little islands that are very low lying. Mm-hmm. It's gonna start encroaching on places that are that are enormous population centers in like yeah. Thailand and Indonesia, where where tens of mil- like there are cities, these mega Asian cities, which we in the West tend not to even think about not just in the context of climate change, but at all. Like, we don't even think about those cities. But there are cities in this world that are, like, two, three, four times the size of New York in terms of population. Bigger than L.A., bigger than Mexico City. I mean, there are are cities in in Indonesia that have 30, 40, 50 million people, which is crazy. That's, like, bigger than our largest state, you know? And uh, lots of humanity packed into very low-lying areas and... Frankly, it's in parts of the world where where human life is considered to be cheap, and this is going to be when we talk. We've talked before in the past about how there's this sort of like coming reckoning, not this apocalyptic thing, but more like a like a cost benefit thing. Where I've made the case that the first real climate legislation was Trump's tax bill, because it was a, a direct upward funnel of not of uh, two point one trillion dollars from the middle and lower classes up to the very wealthy. And that's not by accident. This is like that last grab that you do to get ready for the the, the coming onslaught of climate catastrophe. This is the last the last effort, the last like the that's the money that is going to be feeding this burgeoning uh industry of there's no other way to say it, but like doomsday prepping for the for the for the ultra rich, like the the Mister Burns release the hounds and the and the bees and the hounds yeah. that shoot bees out of their mouth when they bark, you know, like that shit yeah. surrounding your estate in a moat with alligators, like that kind of stuff, underground bunkers, shit like that, is the purpose of that huge. I mean, like. I'm not going to say it's the only purpose because money is just like, I don't, I don't remember who said it, but money is a motive with a universal adapter, but it, it happens to be happening now. These people who tend to be like the more frothing, uh, <laughs> frothing <laughs> good, Trump supporters, <laughs> not the ones who are trying to make like an economic case or trying to say that he, he's better than, you know, that Hillary Clinton would have been or, or like, you know, not people who are making the same rational case. I'm talking about like uh, the, the, the reddest of red meat. Mm-hmm. They're the one, they, I, I got to give them credit for as horrible, reprehensible human beings as they are. They're the ones that understand and are making the choice that they're, they're, they're looking at the situation and they're probably not smart enough to assess it this way, but there's something innate within their ignorance 
and their fearful like rat hind brains that understand that the way that they're living in a global context isn't sustainable unless they step on the throat of billions of other people. Mm-hmm. And we happen to be as a country in an advantageous position to do that because we are the most powerful empire on the planet and we do have our roots in every corner of the globe and we decide to fuck with your supply chain we decide to fuck with your with embargoes on you or tariffs or sanctions and your country dies like that's the way that that works so mm-hmm. those people those aforementioned red meat trump supporters who are the most among the most xenophobic among the most um ignorant among the most uh generally islamophobic or or hate hateful of uh brown people or um dubious of the global south like those people to their and i put this in scare quotes to their credit they are being honest about what they what 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 they want to do they see that there is a very diff there's two different ways that this is going to go there's a very difficult road that involves the united states taking culp uh, taking culpability and taking the lead in the entire climate change process and what's going to have need to happen, having difficult being the leader in difficult conversations about, you know, talking to countries like Indonesia and India and Nigeria, where they're just starting to have this like industrialized economy. And we're going to come to them and try to say like, Oh, we know that we got 150 years of this, of of this lucrative um, post-industrial age. But you guys aren't going to be able to do that. We're really sorry. I know that we benefited, but and it's not fair. But unfortunately, you're not going to be able to do that. And here's the reason why we need to set these global emission targets. We need to you know, limit our use of fossil fuels. Those are going to be really difficult conversations to have. But it's possible. I mean, China is making a little bit of progress. And they were the ones that were initially thought to be, they were anticipated to be the worst offenders and they are they're horrible they're huge polluters but they are moving forward somewhat in 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 some good faith unlike us right Mm -hmm. so that's option number one option number two which is the one that these people want is to start saying the quiet part out loud which is like fuck the rest of the world we are america and we're gonna take and take and consume and we're not going to change our habits matter of fact we're going to continue moving towards greater consumption we're going to continue using even more outsized portion of the world's energy and resources and the way that we're going to do that is again by putting our fucking boots on the throat of the rest of the planet and we can do that because by by dint of our military power and our current global position right that's at the root and to their credit Again, credit in scare quotes. These people are at least finally these Trump supporters. These people, well, I don't want to just define them by that, but they're just like sort of xenophobic and um, just profoundly evil people. They, it would, it, they're like 50% of the country, if not more. They are fine with that. They will watch on CNN the bodies of half a million Indonesian people bobbing in, you know, in a, in, in the floodwaters of a typhoon before they will use a, a, a paper straw, you know, like yeah. it, 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 it's that simple. And um, I mean, I like to think we're not like that, right? No, I, 
And I, I actually prefer that little sippy lid that they have at Starbucks now. I think it's nice. Um, so Jay Inslee's plan is the reason I bring all that up is because Jay Inslee's plan is one that sort of steps out into the front. It's just like the beginning of those like you know you know when you want to try to convince somebody of something but you sort of start dropping little hints in conversation here and there uh-huh. to like do yeah, to yeah. to do it. That's like what this is. This is like the conversation that we need to have eventually is like we need to take a lot larger role and responsibility for the mess that that the world is in and mm-hmm. like there's a reason people wash up on our shores every day and wash up and, and like and walk across our borders every day. It's because we're fucking up the place where they come from. We yeah, yeah. maybe not directly, but ultimately it's us fucking up the place where they live. And they're coming here. There's a whole if only I could come up with like a good, you know, uh, metaphor about chickens and coming home. I, I just can't think of it right now. But <laughs> Like that's what that is, right? I mean, that's what that's what happens when, you know, fifty thousand Nicaraguan kids show up at our borders. It isn't just yeah. by accident. It's because we created a situation where they had to. It's not, you know, when 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 uh, when Yemeni people or Syrian people try to get into into our country as refugees, and increasingly they're not able to do it in uh, under this administration like they're not just doing it be, in in a vacuum in you know through global positioning we've done a lot of the bad shit that has led to the bad bad circumstances in their country sure so yeah. uh, i just wanted to bring that up bring up this article because i think it's kind of a good thing and yeah jay Inslee's just like this isn't going to be a year for a generic white guy this is like right. or next year i should say it's not going to be generic white guy you have to be crazy over the top white guy maybe white guy that everybody already knows um white guy who can you know white guy who has unique policy positions or uh came in second place last time um hopefully that guy is the one that wins uh or the guy who was second in charge last time which is the guy who probably will win um so (laughs) As I was reading this, I I kept uh, thinking about Andrew Yang and universal basic income. It's like that kind of like someone who doesn't even have a chance in hell, but at least it's putting like a different idea out there that you don't normally hear from anybody else. Yeah, that that phrase Overton window has been so it's been beaten to death since Trump won. And, um, you know, but it's it's this is a, a time of unique uh, flux, I guess. I don't know what the right word would be, but like that window on both sides is getting just jerked open both ways, like wider and and taller. Like it's it's there are conversations that are acceptable on the left that were completely outside of the realm of discourse two years ago, and there are fucking reprehensible things being said on the right on the furthest edges of the right that are not only not only are acceptable now but are like getting recognition in the front pages of the New York Times and the opinion pages of the New York Times and just horrendous horrendous fucking mm-hmm. things and we the, the the concept of um of discounting 
or like shitting on somebody's opinion because of the level of hypocrisy in it is completely gone. Like there is no such thing as uh as as like you getting your sh- get like there's no such thing as you um having your opinion discounted because of hypocrisy. Like I wanted to tell like I listed it here in our in our show notes but um at the Miami Herald my former place of employment they have taken on in the last few months Ileana Rose Layton as a columnist, a regular contributor. Um not like a it's more like a regular op-ed contributor as opposed to you know, it's not a staff columnist or, or anything like that, but she's the former Ileana Roslaytonin. If you're down here, you know, or if you follow politics, you know, she's a former congressperson um, who retired, chose to retire last year. Her seat now is my is my seat. She was my congressperson for a long time. Absolute dog shit congressperson, Republican, um, what they call the one trick pony, which is like a, a Cuban whose only issue is getting elected in Miami over and over because she's Cuban and because she swears like year after year that they're going to finally do something about Castro. And you know, that was like, that's like the only way that they get elected. It, it's like such a non-issue. So yeah, anyway, now these days, Ileana Roslayton has joined uh, Aiken Gump, which is an enormous lobbying firm um, based in, in DC. And she's putting her considerable influence to work there and probably getting paid really fucking well for doing it. Along with that, she's given these the like entire columns where in the Miami Herald now, where she gets to just kind of put out her own sort of centrist, quote unquote, centrist brand of conservatism, and uh, where she basically she's only done two of these, but I really wanted to talk about it. I feel like nobody has criticized the Herald for it, and it re- the Herald op-ed pages really do warrant some do, do deserve some criticism for. For, for hosting this column because they're giving her an uncritical space to just push these opinions out there that on the surface level seem very acceptable and they're the kind that are designed to make like moderate Democrats and moderate Republicans nod their head in agreement and be like, oh yeah, yeah, okay. That's that's a very metered position. I, I, I um appreciate that there's still some good Republicans out there. She's absolutely fucking not. And uh, so this this article is her second one. I have problems with her first one that came out last month. So looks like she's doing like a monthly byline. Um, this one is, again, this is happening during uh, during Pride Month, right? June is Pride Month, which comes with its own host of like super cynical, shitty, you know, brands pretending that they care about LGBTQ pride, which is mm. nauseating enough, but. Uh, I love the Chipotle one. Uh, what, what did Chipotle do? I don't even know. It, it's just like a pepper, and it's you know rainbow. Awesome, and... great. <laughs> that should fix everything. Thanks for leading on this conversation. <laughs> so this is Ileana Roslitnin's column that was just put out yesterday. As a founder of Conservatives Against Discrimination, protect, protecting LGBTQ rights is high on our list. As a proud conservative, standing up against discrimination is only natural. Wow, that's that's a that's coming out hot. As a conservative, standing up against discrimination is only natural. <laughs> I feel like that's kind of the most unnatural thing that there is for a conservative to do. It's almost a hard sentence to read. It's like you kind of trip over your tongue just trying to read. Your it. brain rejects it. Like looking at you know, like 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 it's like somebody invented a new color 
and your your brain can't process it on the spectrum <laughs> of per- perception. Um, so, as a proud conservative, standing up against discrimination is only natural because as conservatives, we value individual liberty, hard work, and freedom for all. Uh, that's, uh, I, I, I could itemize and go through why each one of those... We could itemize and go through why each one of those statements are... Each one of those clauses are bullshit. But anyway, I'm a strong defender... Again, this is her writing, Ileana Rosleyton. I'm a strong defender of our basic rights and freedoms, and I'm adamant that these rights and freedoms should be applied equally to all Americans, regardless of sexual orientation or gender identification. That's why during Pride Month, it's so disheartening that LGBTQ Americans are still vulnerable to discrimination in 30 states, including here in my state, my home state of Florida. No one should live in fear of facing discrimination simply because of who they are, what they believe, or who they love. Protecting LGBTQ people from discrimination is about safeguarding freedom for all Americans. Now, here's the thing that I want to bring up in these opening three paragraphs. Number one, Ileana Roslatenin didn't magically come to the defense of LGBTQ people. Okay, She took the same bus to get there that every Republican who arrives at that place takes. And it is the one of my kids is LGBTQ. In this case, her son, uh, Rodrigo Hengletinen, who is um, a, who's trans, uh, who I think came out something like 10 years ago. And mm-hmm. magically, somebody who supported legislation and party platforms for decades, this is not a young woman we're talking about, for decades, uh, that was that every platform after platform, policy after policy, just just ravenously homophobic Mm -hmm. somehow arrived at this place of tolerance and it only took one of the people that she loves most in the world to come out as a member of the community for her to actually so i guess my point is i know like it's hard i don't want to like i don't want to shit on people when they change their opinions for the better but you also don't get to get on the op-ed pages of the miami herald and crow about it that's bullshit to me. I feel like that's bullshit. That's number one. Number two, even since Rodrigo, her son, who, who uh, I, I'm again, I think came out about ten years ago, um, even since Rodrigo has been publicly, you know, has publicly embraced his identity, she still has not, has continued to be a Republican. And for me, that's a tough. That's a a, a tough thing to. Um, reconcile right mm-hmm. like what I was just talking about before where it's this thing we don't call people out beyond just this real superficial manner for being for their beliefs or their actions being in direct contradiction anymore we don't call out hypocrisy anymore I guess we call it out still like because Twitter is around and you know the Donald the Trump presidency is just basically been three years and well if you count the candidacy too four years of snarky call outs of trump and literally every single thing i mean there's the entire there's a tweet for that thing you know where it's like oh no matter what trump says there's an old tweet from like 2010 where he said the exact opposite thing you know like it's all that it's turned into an industry of that and it's so much of it that it doesn't mean anything anymore and that We've become so cynical. We've become so permissive. 
And it's like perfunctory the way that we call out. Like, I'll tweet this article out and have, you know, just a comment about how uh, hypocritical it is for her to write this article. And and it's like I just checked off something to do and then that's it, right? Nothing actually happens with it. She doesn't... It's entertainment. Yeah. And, it's, and, and by, by being entertainment, it's boiled down to its... its uh, it's reduced to something meaningless and harmless to criticism. It, nobody right. is going to, she's given, I mean, I'm looking, this is like a, I don't know, seven or 800 words. So that's like, a, I don't know, 18 column inches in the paper that people actually still fucking read. She's given 18 inches of column space to uncritically and without a challenge talk about how grateful she is for the opportunities that this country gave to her. She's always viewed the United States as a symbol of freedom, equality, and opportunity. Fundamental values uh, should be the same for everyone. Discrimination of any kind runs counter to those values. Like, not a single word about the just relentless effort from her party and the people that in the body of this article that she continues to pledge allegiance to the conservative movement and the fact that the conservative movement conservatives have been the f- leading force against any kind of tolerance not just lgbtq but racial tolerance uh you know tolerance of of women's liberation to- tolerance of fucking women being allowed outside of the house like i, I mean that kind of shit has been yeah the party switch democrats and are are you know kind of the polarity switched obviously with you know in in the era of lyndon johnson but um conservatives have always whether they were call themselves democrats in the 1860s or they call themselves republicans today conservatives have always been on the wrong side of every one of these issues and it's fucking mm-hmm. disgusting it makes me taste vomit in my mouth to read somebody like this a leader in the in the realm of conservatism somebody who's like one of the most influential conservatives in the country who's pulling down solid seven figures if not more at a lobbying firm after a 20-year congressional career try to rainbow wash this shit and say like conservatives are woke and cool too you know we're we're all about uh acceptance and tolerance and we're against discrimination I don't know, man. Pretty much every single thing that conservatives actually do from like running up into schools and churches to proposing fucking horrible draconian legislation says the opposite, says that they're not above that shit. So I don't know. That's why I wanted to bring this up. I don't know how they let this woman have a fucking byline at the Herald, man. It really makes me, uh, it makes my skin crawl. You sound really pissed, dude. It's annoying. It's annoying. This one, this person, you got to understand, dude. Like, I mean, I could keep reading more of this article, but I really don't want to subject our listeners to that shit. Every single word of this is just dripping with hypocrisy to a point where you can't even look at it through our comfortable lens of irony and laugh at it and make fun of it like we can with <clears throat> almost anything that Donald Trump personally does or anything that, you know, shitty conservative pundits do. Like, anything that Sean Hannity does or anything that like uh, that Tucker Carlson, like this is a different level of just cynical bullshit. I mean, mm-hmm. give Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity credit. They don't come out and, and try to pretend 
that they're on the side of the LGBTQ community. They don't. And you know what? Their actions are their actions. It goes back to the shit I said about the the red meat Trump people, right? At least, at least they fly their flag, and you know who they are. If Ileana Roslayton was back in Congress tomorrow, and a what would likely be a very partisan bill that I know <laughs> legislation isn't exactly worded this way, but if it was like <laughs> ending the fear of discrimination. For the LGBTQ community, a bill, right? She would absolutely not fall on the side of it. She would find some procedural, in public at least, she would find some procedural or technical reason to say, oh, this is going to raise taxes and hurt small business owners or some bullshit. But guess what? At the end of the day, she still wouldn't do the actual thing of helping to end the fear of discrimination that those people face that people in those yeah. communities face. And to their credit, again, Donald Trump, maybe not him because he's also done some of that bullshit where he pretended to be he he, he pretended to be an ally of uh of, of LGBTQ communities and he has been probably one of their worst. Like they just had a story the other day where I don't know if you heard about this shit. Stop me if you did. But um so if you move to this country and you become nationalized and you go through the whole process, not just get a green card, but literally become a naturalized citizen. You become mm. a citizen of this country. And upon becoming a citizen of this country, you meet somebody of the same sex, live in a state where your marriage is recognized. If the two of you have a child in any which way that's possible for that for you to do that, whether it's through adoption insemination, um, you know, in vitro, whatever. If the two of you have a child, the Trump administration has changed a federal rule. And right now, and I don't imagine that this is a whole lot of people. I mean, if you just do the number, it's probably like 10,000, 20, 30,000 people. Still, it's it's a number of people. Right now, because of the change that, that the Trump administration has made to a specific rule, that child of yours is not American. It, it's not imbued with citizenship. He or she is not imbued with citizenship. That's ridiculous. I mean, and that's one that barely even made a fucking mention. Like, that didn't even... I don't even think that that was trending at any point. That was never even anything that anybody was fucking I certainly... About. I haven't heard anything about it. I don't understand how they can uh, word it in any kind of way that makes it seem even remotely acceptable. I'm not going to, like, go Googling for it or anything, but, like... Uh-huh. I guess broadly what I will say, and I think I've said this before on this show, but as we become a country that is like minority majority, minority, uh, minority governed by that, I mean the people who voted for Donald Trump represent maybe about 22, 23% of potential eligible voters of all the voters in the country that about 22 or 23% of people voted for Donald Trump, about 25% of people voted for, for Hillary and something like half didn't vote at all. And um, I just threw those numbers out there. That's like the broad strokes. I'm not fucking swearing to the veracity of them, but it is what it is. Uh-huh. So as we move into becoming a country that because of our flawed, terrible constitution and the way that it, um, the way that it apportions power 
and the way that our country has grown to, you know, enable somebody who loses by three, four, five. I think that Trump is going to lose the popular vote by like 10 million and he's still going to win in 2020. Mm. So as we move towards that reality where it becomes increasingly unlikely to get rid of whatever Trump and then whatever comes after Trump and it becomes way more likely that that's the kind of person that stays in power. Um, we're going to start seeing these little chips here and there to automatic citizenship. Like the, 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 the assumptions that we've made for, you know, centuries about who is and who isn't a citizen. They are already targeting birthright citizenship. They're already mm -hmm. trying to come out and say, like, if this is your first, if, if you were born here, that doesn't necessarily mean you're a citizen, which is an affront. And as crazy as it is, it wouldn't be one of the top 10 craziest things that's happened in the last three years politically if it got if it got overturned sure. through the courts or through, you know, through executive power. And that opens up a whole lot of other shit, man. I'm telling you, they're going you're going to see things like it's funny because here in this article Rose Slayton talks about like fleeing oppression when she was a child from Cuba. And one of the things that I'm reminded about Castro is is the way that he started like throwing entire groups of people to the side, either throwing them in prison or putting them on boats in huge boat lifts and just shipping them off to the United States. And uh, yeah, man, don't be surprised when you see, like I've, I've told, I've told my family this plenty. Don't be surprised when the conversation starts about whether or not Puerto Ricans should still be citizens. Mm -hmm. Like, don't be surprised when that conversation begins. And also, they won't even hide that conversation. And don't, yeah, and also, don't even be surprised up. when it when it when it gets traction within that world. Don't be surprised when um, language tests and uh, you know um, voting barriers, uh, voting taxes, and things like that start start popping up. The idea of having to be a taxpayer to be a full citizen. Don't be surprised also when there are similar to the way that. You know, American Airlines has created 50 different levels of like platinum, gold, whatever, uh, you know, customers, 10 different groups of people based on their on their merit, uh, their or how much they spend at, at American preferential treatment on a sliding scale. Don't be surprised when citizenship becomes like that, when it becomes like, oh, if you're white and if you're both all four of your grandparents were born here and if, you know, you served in the military, you get platinum citizenship. Right. And then if you're, you know, a Mexican who came here as a child or maybe you were born here, your parents were from Mexico or from Honduras or something, you know, you get like bronze citizenship. Don't be surprised when that shit comes down the pike and when those conversations start happening and when the conversations start leaking into actual proposals and rulemaking and start to manifest like that's the kind of shit that will literally happen. And it's crazy to me to think that people are so secure to think that it, that that it wouldn't. What else we got, Dave? I don't know. What else do we have? Do we have any other topics? What do you think of the Beyonce thing? Oh uh, yeah, I honestly I didn't really read that one. I read all the other ones that you sent me. The Beyonce. You have a thing with bringing up Beyonce related stories. I do not. Shut I, the fuck up. There's yeah, no way that that's a thing. Yeah, Jay-Z and Beyonce related stories. I've seen you bring them up multiple times, and I I do not care about these people at all. I don't know. What have I brought up Jay-Z and, Jay and Beyonce before? You have. 
We just talked about Jay Z like last episode, I think. Prove it. I can't. <laughs> Why would Tom Cruise be t- trending right now? He should be trending. I hope it's good. Tom Tom Cruise has been challenged by Justin Bieber to a fight in the octagon. That's what's what? going on. I don't like. I want to challenge Tom Cruise to fight in the octagon. Tom, if you don't take this fight, you're misspelled. Your Y O U R, not Y O apostrophe R. <laughs> of course, you're scared, <laughs> and you will never live it down. Who's willing to put on the fight? And he tags Dana White, the you know head of UFC. <sighs> That's a depressing tweet. And then Conor McGregor chimes in, retweets it, and says. If Tom Cruise is man enough to accept this challenge, McGregor's sporty, he'll tell you what else about. Does Cruise have the sprouts to fight? Like he does in movies? Stay tuned to find out, bruv. <laughs> I like where that this whole segment went. <laughs> I didn't like how it started, but... Uh, I mean, I like, I'm I sorry. Like, I realized that like the, the, the joke... Uh, like that <laughs> Justin Bieber is kind of a joke um, I, for being I mean, like a he's... weird like fey yeah. pussy you know like or whatever like but he's a 23 year old guy who's presumably in incredible shape and all he does is exercise and work out all day Tom Cruise sure. is a legend but he's like 60 like I'm sorry like a 60 year old man is not going to beat a really in shape 23 year old kid in a fight I mean I couldn't beat a, a good in shape twenty three year old kid in a fight, and I've got I've got a solid like though. ten inches on Tom Cruise. I'm probably ten inches taller than him, and I've probably been in way more real fights in my life than he has. I don't like the idea of people talking about who would win in fights. Just I, I know it feels very like, like middle school, but I can't help it. It's basic. It's super basic, but I love it. <laughs> feels fucking great to talk about if you the like way it, I would perform good. in a fight, like thinking about it, you know, and not having to do it. You know, I think uh, it should always be the June 19th live show is coming up. So that way this uh, this cool little slider thing you've got on the birdroadpodcast.com website will always be active. So that way I can always just move my mouse around on it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fucking hypnotic. I love it so much. You love it? <laughs> Yeah, this is this might be the best thing you've ever done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'll keep some version of that. But obviously, yeah. after June nineteenth, I don't know what I'll put up. I'll come up with some oh. other idea. Maybe I'll make a new one for every episode or something like that. This is physically making me feel good. <laughs> just it's just satisfying. <laughs> yeah, I'm just rubbing the the fog off the screen. You're like, oh, and it never go. It never fully goes away. Oh, yeah. yeah. Is that what you've been doing this whole time? Is that why I've been talking and you haven't said a word? <laughs> Pretty much the whole fucking time. <laughs> <laughs> I've been listening to you though. I could do two things at once. <laughs> just can't talk yeah you literally can't form a cogent thought or chime in in one way that's substantive explaining broad political philosophies is difficult relying upon them to decide specific issues is even more difficult but i found a few basic principles which always help in thinking about the role of government with respect to social issues surprisingly conservative 
conservatism turns out to be fairly liberal in many instances. I view conservatism as limiting government to essential government functions, freedom for sexual orientation and gender identity without government restrictions is a genuine conservative principle. That's insane. The level madness. That's like that's 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 a I mean, that's a Mary Lou Henner doing backflips and la- and sticking the landing. Like that is the contortion you have to do to arrive at freedom for sexual orientation and gender identity without government restrictions is a genuine conservative principle is insane. First of all, you do need government restrictions, but not on the people who are trying to exercise the freedom for their sexual orientation. It's for the people who are oppressing them, the people who will not hire them and not give them the benefits that they deserve and that they should be entitled to and not recognize their uh, their unions, not recognize their families as actual units. Uh, like, you do need the government. That's like saying... That's like saying in 1963, at the height of the civil rights era, saying, like, we don't need the government to get involved here uh, because all they're going to do is um, is restrict black people in their in their search for for equal rights and and uh, and integration. It's like, no, you exactly do need the government for that, because that's the mechanism Man, nothing's going to happen. Yeah, otherwise. nothing's going to happen. And the status quo will be maintained. It's such it's mind-bending drivel and that they allow it to just be fucking printed is insane completely unchallenged sorry i'm still i'm still on one over this shit <laughs> i'm literally on one i am on one all right so like dave said check out um the live show check out the website live show is june 19th website birdroadpodcast.com you can rsvp there uh, it's free, so we gotta start charging people to see us. So. <laughs> <laughs>